Hi. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. And, you know, I was just standing at the back and looking out, and it's so cool to see all of you out here today again. It's just, man, just so, so great to have you alongside us and, and um, to, feeling just, to be feeling just a little bit more like normal coming into this Christmas season. And again, for everyone that did the, the decorating, just gorgeous. It just stand, stood at the back and just, man, appreciated it all, just listening and, and watching and stuff. And so I hope, I hope that that's... Uh, special to you this year as well, that uh, you're just sensing and knowing, again, uh, God's goodness to us as we come up into this season and as we're able to get together and, and to, to worship in Him and, and talk about Him. Speaking of talking about Him, um, I think some of you will recall that this was going to be Bruce that was supposed to be talking about Him this morning. But um, in a little bit of early Christmas hijinks, Air Canada has played havoc with our plans. Um, Bruce's kids, boys were flying in, Parker and Braden were flying out of New Brunswick yesterday, and um, over the course of the day, it became apparent that it wasn't going to go kind of as planned, and so uh, the flights were first of all uh, delayed, and then um, their connection was going to be kind of tight and, and so on, but that, and then that worked out fine because they actually rescheduled the second flight, but pushed it back four hours. And so instead of getting into Edmonton around uh, 7 last night, they were supposed to be coming in around 11. And then a little bit later on, it was delayed a little bit further. And so I went to bed understanding that uh, there was no, no flight coming in before, like until after midnight this morning. So anyways, during the course of the day, we called an audible and um, said, listen, I'll speak tomorrow and, and Bruce is going to speak on Christmas Eve now. So... Um, two Christmas presents for you coming early. Um, I, I, you know, had to adapt my message for this morning. It's going to be a lot shorter than, <laughs> than usual, so yay for that, you guys. And then you get to listen to Bruce on Christmas Eve, so that's going to be awesome. Um, we're in the middle of a series uh, that's based on the account of the Magi. If you haven't been around, if you've just caught up to us, I know some are visiting from uh, down south and, and different places and so on, and so Uh, That account is found in Matthew chapter 2, verses 10 to 12. And there it says this. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they, the Magi, saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, What we have seen as we've taken a look at these few short verses is that there's four things that the Magi demonstrate for us or are examples to us in how to navigate or approach or to proceed with the coming of Christ. 
that the coming of Christ then precipitates from us four things that the Magi demonstrate that are good examples for us to follow, if you will. And I believe that this, this scripture has been so timely for us right now. Not that scripture is ever untimely, but it's been particularly timely for us in this stage in, of life that we're in right now and in, in where we're at with things and circumstances in our, in our world. From the passage we first saw, that the coming of Christ elicited joy from the Magi. That when they saw that his star had arrived, they understood that it symbolized the birth of the Messiah and that the Messiah had come to save his people. That he had come to save his people. And we see that in Christ's life, that he came to save us from our sin. The sin that separates us from God. The sin that would damn us to hell. We're not for Him. But through Christ then that we have this opportunity to come to know God, to be restored in our relationship with Him because of what Christ has done in His work on the cross, particularly the fact that He died and then rose again, overcoming death and sin, and offers to us this opportunity for a restored relationship then with this holy God. In week two, we saw that the Magi worshipped God that they, when they had this opportunity to come and find him, that they found him and that they worshipped him. And we recognize that before we can worship God, we first have to acknowledge him. And so we took a look at the life of Christ and the ways that he demonstrates to us and to everyone that he is deity, that he is actually God himself come to earth and as he demonstrates that, as his deity broke through and shines through his humanity, that we are well-founded in then worshiping him and understanding him as God and giving him our adoration and our reverence. So the, the birth of Christ then was the ultimate demonstration of God himself, and the Magi recognized that and worshiped him accordingly. This morning, we're going to be looking at the fact that the Magi allowed then God to speak into their world. As they recognized who Christ was, and as they came to him and worshipped him, as they worshipped, then God began to speak into their world to direct their lives. And so they set an example for us in that as well. And again, in these unsettling times, how amazing is it to know that God himself is demonstrating to us that he is here. That he wants relationship with us. That despite everything that's going on in our circumstances, we can have joy, we can know him, and that he will speak into our lives and direct our lives for our good as we allow him to. So let's pray, and then we'll take a look at this a little bit closer. This morning. Father, again today, God, you are so good. And this morning, I would just pray that you would come alongside us now and, and again open our hearts and our minds up to you. Lord, that this morning, as we sit here and as we spend this time together, that you would make it worthwhile. That you would work in our hearts by your Spirit so that we could learn and that we could grow. And Lord, to that end, I just ask for your blessing. I pray that you would superintend, that you would help us to focus, that you would help us to hear from you today. And so I ask these things in Christ's name and for his sake alone. 
Amen. All right. Verse 12 then says this. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So specifically, we see that as the Magi came, they worshipped Christ. They recognized him, they came, they worshipped him. And immediately God speaks into their lives and begins to direct their lives and change the way that they were going about things. You'll recall that as they had arrived, they had come looking for this Magi, or for this Messiah, for this uh, one-born king of the Jews. And so they came searching for him, and they went to Herod. And Herod said to them, when you find him, come back and tell me where you found him so that I too can go and worship him. And we found out that that was all a ruse for something very different because Herod had set in his heart to reject Christ. But the Magi, having sort of agreed to that initially, as they came and found Christ, then God speaks into their world through a dream and says, don't go back to Herod. Don't do that. So they followed God's guidance and went home another way. Now, it isn't just the Magi that God wants to speak to today. He also wants to speak into our lives. And as we come to Him and as we give Him that opportunity, as we acknowledge Him as God, as we begin begin to give Him the reverence and adoration He deserves, then He reciprocates by building back into our world. It's not just a one-way street, if you will. That as we acknowledge Him and as we draw near to Him, then He comes alongside us and He begins to speak into our worlds to direct our lives for our good. And as we look at it a little closer, we see that He wants to speak into our lives on two basic levels this morning. First of all, He wants to build into our our character. He wants to turn us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. So He works on, on a personal level. He speaks into our lives. He begins to maneuver us and guide us and direct us and give us support in changing our character and building us into better people. And secondly, then, He works overall, guiding us through the events and the circumstances of our lives, giving us direction as to what we should do and when because He knows, again, what's best for us. We find this in Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29. There it says, And we know that all things work together, work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. And for whom He did foreknow, He also did predestine to be conformed to the image of His Son. So on those two verses, through those two verses, then we see that God wants to always be working for our good. And that he wants to change us into the image of Jesus. So the coming of Christ this morning provides us with an opportunity to have God speak into our lives as we follow the lead of the Magi and lean into God. As we watch what they did, that they worshipped and then they listened and they allowed God to speak to them And then they followed his direction. They obeyed. As we place our faith in Christ, as we come to this point 
where we acknowledge Him as God, as we recognize our need of Him, and as we accept what He's provided for us, what He's offered us through Jesus Christ, then Almighty God, the God of this universe, then begins to speak into our world. To guide us, to direct us, to grow us, to build us. And here we find that we no longer have to do life on our own, that we don't have to try and be smart enough, that we don't have to be quick enough, that we don't have to be fast enough, whatever it is, to be able to make it through this world well. That rather, that we can rely on someone that knows far more than we do to guide us and direct us towards the best life possible for each one of us. So this morning, let's take a a quick look then at both of these levels and just see how God wants to to work with us. In Romans 8.29, we see that God's goal for those that come to know him is to build them to be like Jesus. He wants to engage with us so that he can work in us to overcome our character flaws and our issues. And I think this morning that if we're at least even just a, a wee bit objective, we can each look at ourselves and recognize that we have those, can't we? That we can look into our lives, that we can examine ourselves, and we can see that we're not perfect by any stretch. You know, in the process of getting older, I think that that becomes a little bit more apparent. At least it's been been easier for me to see as I've gotten older. You You start off when you're young and you think, man, I've got it all together. You know, the world has never seen the likes of me. Right? And though we might not think we're perfect, we think we're pretty darn close. Right? You know? So, oh yeah, I'll admit that I've got a few things to work on, but for the most part, it's just fine-tuning. Right? A little bit of sanding on the edges here and there, but that's it. That's the way I started out, and as I got a little bit older, you start to see things just a little bit more clearly. You recognize, well, maybe it's a little more sounding than I thought over there. You know, it might be more than just a little bit of fine-tuning. It might actually involve a hammer. <laughs> and there were two things in my life that actually proved to be real catalysts for me in understanding that I needed some serious work. I needed some serious renovations. Those two catalysts were, first of all, marriage, and then secondly, kids. Now, this morning, you don't have to be married and you don't have to have kids to recognize that God needs to work in your world or that you can benefit by Him working in your world. But if and when you get to that point where you get married and or you have kids, you understand, I think, really quickly that you need God working in your world. Marriage had, and when I say marriage, I mean Fran. Fran had a way, marriage had a way of of showing me that I wasn't all that in a bag of chips. It helped me to see myself a lot more clearly. I had come face to face with some of my challenges. But I'll tell you what. That paled in comparison to when I had kids. When I had kids, I was 
brought up short. It, 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 just, it just stared me right in the face in two ways. First of all, I looked at those little beggars and I couldn't help but recognize myself in them. That as they grew, that I could see myself in them. And I'm telling you, it wasn't just the good things that they were reflecting. And so I had to look at that. I had to come face to face with the fact that, man, they are coming by that naturally. They are getting that from their father. And that's not a good thing. And so I would look at them and I would see, wow, I've got some work to do. But what's more, what's more was this. Was that as, as I looked at them, and I don't know if, for some of us, I think that maybe kids is as altruistic a, a, a phenomenon or, 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 an, or an opportunity as we ever get. Because as I looked at my kids and I recognized that I wanted the very best for them. And that it was so important that I try to provide for them the, the best opportunities, the best uh, foundation that I could for them launching into life. I was faced with the fact that if it was up to me, that then they were in trouble. That as much as I want them to succeed and as much as I want them to be well-equipped going into life, that if I'm honest, and I had to be honest, that I'm a liability to them in that whole thing. Because there's a part of me that is selfish even beyond my love for my kids. I could say that I love them, and I do. But I would come home at night and I would be frustrated by them after a day of work. That I was selfish enough, I was that self-absorbed that they would irritate me and I would respond poorly. And that as I recognized my selfishness, I saw it play out in different ways. I could be irritable, I could be difficult, I could be harsh. What's more, I looked at my life and I could see how much I could be manipulative. How I could angle for my advantage, even with my kids. That as much as I loved them, as much as I loved Fran, that inside of me still was this desire, this self-serving motive to try and Hedge bets in my favor. And so it became apparent to me, no pun intended, that I needed God's help. I, I needed God's help. I needed him to start and work in my life in such a way is that I could actually hopefully begin to be a different person. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to accomplish that on my own. That I didn't have the wherewithal. 
that I needed someone bigger than me to come alongside and help me to do some of those changes, to make some of those adjustments in my life. And, and I'm not there yet. To this day, I recognize that I need God still working in my heart, my mind. That I need to become more and more like Christ. Because I'm still not there yet. This morning, maybe you're here this, and, you, and you've come to some, a similar conclusion. Maybe you've been married or you've had kids and you're recognizing some of these things in yourself as well. That as you look at your life and as you look at your, your motives and the way that you operate, that it's not all pure and pristine. Maybe it's been at work. You've found a challenge there is you've had to work with a, a coworker or with a boss or with an employee or something like that. Maybe you just know it of yourself. Maybe as you've looked at your life, you're seeing yourself trying to string together circumstances and events so that you can find some sort of joy, that you can find some sort of peace. And you keep trying to just manipulate or Maneuver in such a way as the events are good so that, the, that you can avoid the challenges of looking inside, that you can be distracted at some of the things that you know of yourself. But deep down, deep down, you recognize that there's something internally that's a problem. Maybe you try and and cope by just blaming others. Maybe you're sitting here today and your motive and method of operating is, has been just to blame others so that you don't have to deal with yourself. You can blame the government, you can blame the kids, you can blame your wife, you can blame whoever, the dog. That's where the problem is. It isn't with me, it's, it's over there. But deep down... You know that inside there's a problem. That you're not your best friend. That you're not always helping yourself out. Or maybe you're here this morning and you've just got some issues. You know you've got an anger problem. That it flares up. Causes you difficulty. Maybe... You have an addiction of some sort that is driving you in your world. Maybe you've got a situation where you just can't find peace. Anxiety or depression drive you day by day and they're taking their toll. This morning, God wants to speak into your world. He wants to help you. He wants to help me. He wants to come alongside us and start to do that molding, that sanding, that fine-tuning, that renovation that we need that would make us more like Christ. The question is, will you respond like the Magi? Will you acknowledge God, draw near to Him, and then open yourself up so that He can speak into your world?
about who he wants you to be and then help you to become that person. Secondly, this morning, we see that God wants to guide us through life. Not only does he want to grow us personally and internally, but he wants to guide us through life. In what we do, what we choose as careers, how we choose to fill our day, the work that he directs us towards. He wants to guide us in terms of where we live, where we're to be positioned, if you will, for the work that he has for us to do. He wants to guide us in terms of who we marry, if we marry. He wants to speak into our world on those levels. You name it. He wants to give us some help, give us some pointers, give us some direction, give us some clues as to what will be best for us, where we can find our best life going forward. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I think we want our lives to count, don't we? As, as we go into life, we want our lives to be somehow significant. I haven't met anybody yet that's just trying to be a pylon. No, it's true. People want to be someone. So oftentimes, people sit in my office or we'll talk somewhere and they talk about being successful. I, I, want, I want to be successful. And so oftentimes, again, they define that in terms of cash or popularity, influence, what have you, comfort. And they think that that's where it's found. That that's what's going to provide for them to have that longing for met. But it doesn't. Instead, our fulfillment comes as we discover who God designed us to be and what he intends for us to do. And again, I look at my life and I can see that so clearly. My best example of that is coming to work at the church here. That's going back a few years now. And long story short, some of you have heard that story. I'm not going to repeat it all here this morning. But this was not on my agenda. It really wasn't. Working at the church was a long ways. Like, I mean, I don't even know where it was on my agenda because it was not on my agenda. Like, I mean, it wasn't the last thing on my list. It wasn't on the list, period. And if you want to know more about that, come and talk to me sometime. I'd be happy to tell you about how that all happened and how it transpired because it's, it's a God's story. But for the sake of this morning, I want to go back to about 18 months after I'd started working here at the church. I don't know if I've shared this with you before, 
But the long story short was, I'd been working here for about 18 months, and, and it, that had been an interesting process too. That was a, at the, at the one year mark, almost exactly, it was just, I had this sort of a, a one-on-one encounter with God that was really cra- kind of crazy. But anyhow, long story short, six months after that, I was, I was frustrated because, and it was so weird for me because I was loving life. Things were going well at work and I was, I was loving work here um, and, and home life was great. Things were going good there. The trolls were, you know, more or less making my life better, not worse. And, and Fran was, she's always done that. Anyhow, things were great, good. But there was something that was bothering me. And it was in the back of my head, it was just, I couldn't put my finger on it. It just kept bugging me. Like things, why is it that there's this, this one little thing, this little grain that just sort of just doesn't seem to go away, that keeps just nagging, and I don't understand it. And I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't somehow just content with, with it because it was, just would keep rubbing. To make a long story short, I woke up one morning. I woke up one morning, I swung my legs out of bed, and I looked out the window, and I can, I can still tell you the blueness of the sky that morning. I can see the spruce trees against the sky. And it was as clear as a bell to me. It just came to me just as clear as a bell that I was frustrated because I understood that I was no longer an authority on myself. You know, and again, as I, you go through life, you start off in life and you think, well, I've got this all figured out. I understand it. It's clear as Clear it can be, black and white. You want to know something, I'll tell you the answer because I've got it figured out. And as we go a little bit further on, come on, you recognize this, right? Anybody that's over the age of four? As we go along, we start to find out, well, maybe I don't know quite all of it. And we get a little bit older, we start to recognize, well, probably I don't know the half of it. And then again, we get married and find out it's not even, even nearly half. And whatever I was left with, after I had kids, I recognized I didn't know a thing. But in my heart, in my mind, there was one thing that I thought I still had. I thought I was still an authority, at least on myself. I can't tell you much about anything else in life, but I can tell you about me. I can tell you about me. I can tell you what I like. I can tell you what I don't like. I can tell you what I want to do. I can tell you what I don't want to do. I can tell you about me. And as I swung my feet out of bed that morning, as I looked out the, out the window, my bedroom window, I knew that that wasn't even the case anymore. That that was what was bugging me, that I'm not even an authority on myself, because here's the thing. If you had asked me 18 months before that, if I wanted to come and work at the church, I would have said no. And as a matter of fact, I turned them down three times. I said, this is not on my agenda. This is not what I want to do. This is not who I am. And 18 months later, I recognized that if I had had my way, if God had not broke into Fran and my world and convinced us that this was him talking to us, him guiding us, that I would have missed out on something that rang my bell more than I ever understood my bell could be rung before. That if it had been up to me, as the authority of me, I would have missed out on the best thing in my life. And so I understood that I needed God 
to tell me about me and where he wanted me and what he has designed me to do. And that was such, again, a cathartic thing. Such a, it was just like sort of an epiphany that just helped me just to relax in life. And just to recognize that going forward, I don't have to try and figure out my life, what I need to do, what I don't need to do. I just need to figure out how to hear God tell me what to do. And that I can trust him because what he is doing is he is working always, always, always for my good. And that as I listen to him, as I follow him, then he leads me into where he's designed me to be. And you guys, he's led you into this here this morning because you all need patience and mercy and things like that. You have to put up with me. But he's, he's working in your world as much. He wants, to, he wants to guide and direct you as well to what is good for you. Here's the point this morning. Here's the point. God has a plan for you today. And this is not just some cliche religious mumbo jumbo. As sure as I'm standing here, I am sure that he has a plan for you just like he has a plan for me. And I'm sure that it is for your good. Because I know that in my own life. He has known you since before the beginning of time. He, he's, he's known you intimately. Better than you know yourself since the beginning of time. Since before the beginning of time. He created you. And he's designed you to be exactly who he wants you to be. He's given us good works to do. All through life that will guide us towards our best life. Right into our sweet spot. And he's waiting to engage with each one of us on this level. He wants to change us to be more like Christ so that we can be less of a harm to ourselves and to others around us. And he wants to guide us through life towards what he's designed us for, the place that he has for us. And so as we come to Christmas this year and as we see the Magi, they're an example to us of the fact that Christ came for exactly that. So that you and I can know God. And so that then we can open our, ourselves up and our lives up to allow him to direct us towards the best life forward, going forward. Towards our very best. And that as we do that, as we open up, as we recognize this baby in a manger in Bethlehem, as Jesus Christ, God himself, come to earth to know each one of us so that we could know him, that 
as we recognize that and as we open ourselves up to him, then he will speak into our lives and he will come alongside and he will guide and direct us towards what's best. And like the Magi then, like the Magi, we will go home a different way. We will become different people. That doesn't mean that we're no longer married, that we're no longer parents or what have you, but we go home a different way. We become different people, which is to say that we'll be better spouses, we'll be better parents, we'll be better kids, we'll be better neighbors, we'll be better friends, we'll be better employers, we'll be better employees as we allow God to work in us and change us for our best. And he will maneuver us in life into what he's designed for us to do. And as that happens, we will find the significance, the fulfillment that we're longing for. Because it was programmed into us. It was designed into us by him. And he wants to help us to realize it. So the question this morning becomes, will we follow the example of the Magi. Let God speak into our world, direct our paths, so that we can return home a different way. Let's pray. Father, today again, God, I appreciate so much the fact that you're not passive, that you're not aloof, that you're not distant, that you're not detached. That you are here right now. That by your spirit, you are ready, willing, and able to work in our lives to make us more and more into the image of your son. To change our character. To help us overcome our challenges. Lord, to help rebuild us, to overcome our flaws. And that day by day, as we allow you to, you keep working on that. And that beyond that, God, that, that again, that you know the plan that you have for us. That there's, It's not a question of having to figure out what we need to do with our lives. It's just a question of figuring out what you want us to do with our lives and recognizing that we can trust you with that. That as you guide and direct, no matter how crazy it might seem, like even coming and working at a church, that you're always working in our best interests. So today, God, would you help this to be a different day than yesterday? Would you help us to listen to you and hear from you today? Would you help us to subscribe and lean in, to draw near to you today, to open up our hearts and our minds? And God, I get it. It's scary. It freaks us out. 
always, always a little concerned that somehow you're going to do us dirty. God, help us to see. Build our trust. Help us to grow in our confidence that we would know that you are good and that we can trust you completely. And then step in, God, and do your thing. Change us so that we quit shooting ourselves in the feet. So that we quit hurting ourselves and others around us. And guide us to where you want us to be to do the good works that you ordained for us long before time began. So Lord, I pray these things now, all in Christ's name. And for his sake, because of why he came and what he did for us. Amen. All right, everyone. So much for that audible. Thanks for being here again today. Don't forget your chocolates. Grab a tin of those and invite someone out to Christmas Eve. And look forward to seeing Bruce then and listening to him for a change. <laughs>